This is Crossroads, the Get Religion podcast. If it were a presidential election, it would be a runaway landslide. 81% is a good percentage, but it's down from 98%. And that is the percentage of Americans who believe in God. How are the media covering this story? And what assumptions do say, non-religion reporters go into this story with. Greetings and welcome to Crossroads with Terry Mattingly. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. Terry is Senior Fellow at the Overby Center for Southern Journalism and Politics at the University of Mississippi. He's author of the weekly On Religion column for the Universal Syndicate and the book Pop Goes Religion, and he's founder and editor of Get Religion. Terry, welcome back. Glad to be here. We see variations of this story again and again Are these declines in the general belief in God among Americans important? Well, I think you can say that they are, in part because the numbers used to be so high. I already know exactly what the late George Gallup would say about these statistics, because basically I discussed it with him at least two or three times, maybe more than that. And Gallup and the Washington Post story that you're talking about, the Americans' belief in God is dropping story at the Washington Post, it praises Gallup for asking consistent questions decade after decade after decade, which allows you this amazing ability to compare and look for change over time. So the Washington Post story is focusing on the declining percentage of Americans who believe in God. God's poll rating is down. Now, what's interesting is the really subversive question that George Gallup kept putting in his polls starting several decades ago, and this reflected his own convictions as a rather traditional Christian believer. Gallup kept asking questions about how often people went to church, how often they read scripture, how often they prayed, And in effect, he was creating a body of statistics, of material that pointed him toward what percentage of the American public is actually serious when it comes to religious faith. It's one thing to say, I believe in God. It's another thing to say, I go to church at the following rate. I pray X number of times a day. I read scripture. In other words, he was asking walk-the-talk questions. And this Washington Post story is primarily interested in talk questions. Now, I would say that the big statistic, and you and I have talked about this several times here on the podcast in the past, and, and I still argue that the big story here is the vanishing middle of American life. And if you're looking for signs of decline in American religion, you have to look at where those declines might be coming from. And there's actually quite a bit of interesting evidence related to that and several other trends. But back to Gallup, in conclusion with George Gallup. Gallup thought it was very important that when you combine his questions about religious 
activity, about religious faith in action, in life. The percentage of Americans who are serious, day-after-day religious believers hasn't gone down that much in recent decades, but at the same time, it hasn't risen that much either, even during the periods of time that we would have tried to say America was more overtly religious. And he consistently found that somewhere, depending on how you define the question, somewhere between about 18 and 22 or 23 percent of Americans are serious religious believers who are attempting to actively practice a faith. And that's the number that George Gallup would say is the most important, not what percentage of people kind of, oh yeah, I believe in God, or oh yeah, um, faith matters to me, and you know, I, yeah, I still consider myself a Catholic, or I still consider myself a Baptist. He's more interested in the people who consistently show up in the pews, and their faith affects their wallet, and their schedule book, and their work as parents, and a lot of other things. So we got to keep our eyes on the big picture here. And the big picture is what percentage of Americans are increasingly considering themselves atheists and agnostics. And that is rising, and that is an important statistic. But at the same time, what's happening on the other side of the spectrum with these people that George Gallup was so interested in, the people who are practicing their faith? Then you look in the middle, and all kinds of interesting things can be seen in there. But the actual status of American religion has remained rather constant, except for the growing number of unbelievers, open, professed unbelievers. And the question then you have to ask is, where are they coming from? For the average non-religion reporter covering a poll like this, what are going to be some of their assumptions? Well, it's, it's very interesting that the Washington Post quickly linked this declining number of people who believe in God and the rise of the religious nuns, nuns, N-O-N-E-S, the religiously unaffiliated. They immediately linked that to trends involving Christian nationalism, that we have a higher percentage of people, especially young people, who are turned off by Christian nationalism and conservative forms of religion. Now, if that's the case, and it may well be the case that lots of people are angry about that, one of the things you then have to look at is you would assume that if that was the primary motivation here, we would be seeing a decline in religiously conservative churches, especially among young people, and we would be seeing a rising number of those young people turning to liberal and progressive forms of religion. We should perhaps see an uptick among the seven sisters, the sociological term for the, main, the liberal mainline Protestant churches in America the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the Episcopal Church, the Presbyterian Church USA, the American Baptist, et cetera, et cetera. And we don't see that. Wherever these upset young people are going, 
They seem to be going into complete unbelief. They're not going into active forms of religious faith that would serve as an institutional rejection of conservative religion. So once again, if you chart the American religion scene on a chart, and you look at, say, active traditional religious believers on the right, and you look at atheists and agnostics on the left, and then you try to find the, the liberal progressive mainline Protestants, you would assume that the mainline would be primarily in the middle. And what we're seeing is that the mainline churches are in decline. I know I've mentioned it here because I looked it up several times in the history of these podcasts. I've mentioned a meeting that occurred in 2008 at the Washington Journalism Center when a very famous sociologist, John C. Green, who is a liberal mainland Protestant, but I think one of the leading authorities on religious trends in America, John C. Green met with a circle of journalists that we had brought together from around the world and a few from America. I remember in particular that the journalists from Africa were fascinated with the rise of a young American politician named Barack Obama. That tells you how long ago this was. John C. Green was already seeing some of the early data from the famous Pew Research Center study that charted the rise of the religiously unaffiliated and the nuns. And he drew it up. We had this huge write-on wall, and he drew this big chart on the wall. And he started off with Gallup's consistent religious believers and said, according to the Pew numbers, those are still there for the most part. And then he pointed at the rising number of atheist agnostics and religiously unaffiliated. He said, and they're there, and that's an important story. However, the evidence is that the people in the religiously unaffiliated camp are coming out of the middle. They're coming out of the world of mainline religion and also the world of what he called lukewarm religion. People who sort of believe this and sort of believe that. And he said, what we're seeing is more candid people, especially young people, who are finally just saying, no, I don't believe anymore. Those people are mainly coming out of the middle of the American spectrum. And the middle of American social, moral, cultural, political, and religious life is shrinking. And anyone can look at polls today and see this trend. And religion, I would argue, is one of the primary causes of that. So John C. Green saw this 2008. So what was that now, 15 years ago, getting close to that? So... This is valid news, but it isn't brand new news. That's hard to say quickly, but anyway, it's not brand new. So coming back to those assumptions there, do you see in the media coverage, other than the occasional tweet from guys like Burge, do you see in the media coverage the subtlety of what's really happening here, that as you have pointed out many times, the center's disappearing in terms of the chasm is very deep but very narrow between people of little religious interest or affiliation and practice and those who do practice their religion. Yeah. You very rarely see it. I'm glad you brought up Ryan Berg. For those who 
thinking to themselves, gosh, that name sounds familiar. He literally is becoming omnipresent online. You see him quoted all over the place, included in this Washington Post story. And there's a great quote from him in the Washington Post story. He said, where belief is typically the last thing to go. Then he says, people, quote, stop attending, they stop affiliating, and then they stop believing. So they stop attending traditional or any religious forms of faith. Then they stop affiliating with them. They stop calling themselves a Catholic or a Baptist or an Episcopalian or a Lutheran or whatever. And then finally, it begins to be open. They profess that they are either atheist or agnostic or some other kind of self-defined form of religious belief that doesn't require them to show up anywhere on a Sunday morning or any other time. So, no, I don't see this. What's happening, the press is more and more focusing on the political reality. That shouldn't surprise anyone. I've always argued politics is the functional religion of most newsrooms. It's what newsrooms think is real, and it is politics is what affects the real world. And so everybody's fascinated with the red versus blue maps, which bring us the ongoing story of how divided America is. If you look at all the recent presidential elections, then you also look at the growing divide between more liberal urban America and rural America, the liberal left and the liberal coastlines that are deep blue versus the the red heartland of America. And what they fail to realize is that these stark political divides on issues related to education and marriage and children and parenting and schools and abortion and gender transitions and all these kinds of issues are all poking at larger questions related to religion and to religious belief. So what John C. Green charted for us that day was what Pew charted like two years later, four years later when those polls came out on the nuns, and what we continue to see from Ryan Burke, which is the middle of American religious belief is in decline. And to his credit, and Burke is a, a liberal American Baptist who is in the pulpit every Sunday and is very openly kind of a man of the progressive left, but he's very candid about what's happening. And essentially, mainline Protestantism is in a death dive, one of demographically in terms of birth rates, converts, marriages, etc. And those are all huge stories that have to be covered, except for a lot of reporters, that isn't the form of religion that should be declining. The wrong people are losing in this competition. So let me run through some big ideas here, since just to connect them all together for our listeners. First of all, we have the vanishing middle of the American religious and cultural spectrum. Second, we have the dying mainline Protestant churches, which are basically going to go in the space of about 50 years from 30 to 33 percent of American life to where Berg has them charting down in the two, three to four percent percentage of American life here within a decade. That is a massive decline, and that left a huge gaping chasm in the middle of the American 
religious, political, and cultural spectrum. So that's where we're getting this rising amount of unbelievers. And at the same time, they left a gap into which evangelicalism, in various forms, kind of happily marched into that gap in the public square. The third thing, and it's related to some of the declining statistics in evangelical denominations, and it's also related to everything from January 6th to the rise of Donald Trump and a host of other things, we are seeing a tremendous rapid rise in the percentage of totally non-denominational and independent churches. Not just mega churches, but all over America, we're seeing increasing numbers of churches that have no connections to denominations or even within the world of evangelicalism to the defining institutions of evangelicalism, which tend to be schools, seminaries, publishing houses, parachurch ministries, foreign missions agencies, etc. So those are the three big trends, and they're all valid. But you're going to see those covered on the religion beat way more often than you're going to see them covered by other reporters. Why is it vital to cover the rest of the news accurately to see those connections that all these issues have to some of them very clear connections, some of them a little more fuzzy connections to religion? Well, I mean, you know, I really do hate to repeat myself so often because these are things that you and I have been talking about for several years. That to me, the best example right now is the media fascination with the, the growing number of Latino Republicans, or at least Latinos who no longer consider themselves to be strong Democrats. If you push that, you look at things like that House district in Texas that overwhelmingly Democrat for years that recently elected a conservative Latino woman to the U.S. House of Representatives. We see that moral, cultural, and social issues are at the heart of a lot of the Latino concerns about what's going on in American life. I would also say that some other big trends, and nobody has charted them better than Ryan Berg, Everybody thinks of the the religiously unaffiliated and the nuns as if these were all kind of like honorary Unitarians who are hanging out in the self-help section of the local bookstore and mailing their checks into National Public Radio. That isn't who the largest part of the nuns and religiously unaffiliated are. Berg has created another category that he calls the nothing in particulars. And these are people who have lost connection to any religious institutions and are kind of living their own self-defined faith. And these people are overwhelmingly blue-collar. They're among some of the neediest and most suffering elements of American society when it comes to unemployment. And these people, in many ways, are the face of a changing Republican Party. Another group of people that I've seen some statistics on recently are the blue-collar evangelicals who don't go to church. So people who call themselves evangelical, perhaps because that term has become cultural and politicized, just like the left says it is, that isn't completely wrong. You have blue-collar evangelicals who've quit going to church, 
And this is a growing number of people. And these were among the people who famously voted for Donald Trump in a wave in the Republican primaries in 2016. And to some degree, Donald Trump as a political phenomena owes his existence to blue-collar, non-church evangelicals, to changing Latinos. I mean, if Trump doesn't win the state of Florida, he's not president. And the surprising percentage of the Florida voters who voted for Donald Trump that no one saw coming were non-Cuban Latinos. That's a story that I pointed out at that time, and the press caught up with it in 2020, and we're getting to talk about it a lot more now. But if your working assumption is that America's problems are basically caused by religious conservatives, you're going to do everything you can to connect any decline in American religious life and practice with these handy, template-fitting villains. And that's kind of what we see in this Washington Post story and in a lot of the other coverage when the reality is a lot more complex than that. So, Terry, one of the things that I noticed in, I believe you even retweeted this from Ryan Burge, the aforementioned statistical honest man. (laughs) Guru. I think you're looking for the word guru. Well, one of the things I noticed is he summarized some charts that he had posted. And one of the points he made, and I quote him, is, For Democrats born between 1975 and 1984, there's a clear inflection point in 2016. That's not an insignificant year, by the way. Never attendance rose from 35 to 45 percent in just the last five years. That's pretty stunning. Uh, Stunning enough that he wants to point it out. Yeah, he backed up even into the previous generation and noted that between 2008 and 2021, the people not going to church among Democrats went from 20 to 40 percent. Now, if you know anything about the Democratic Party, the logical question, and I'm sure Ryan would love to have this data if he could get his hands on it, how does that break down by race? Is it possible that the world of white Democrats is getting even more secular than those numbers might suggest which points toward a kind of cultural divide within the Democratic Party, which brings me back to 2008 and John C. Green when he drew all that up on the board. And because one of the things he said, the religiously unaffiliated atheists and agnostics, if you put those people together, he said they are already the largest religious identifiable group Maybe I can state that better. They're the largest group that can be identified by religious attitude and practice. They're the largest religious group in the Democratic Party. And he said that in 2008, long before the rise of Donald Trump and long before 2016. So he's describing something before the numbers that Ryan Berg just described as getting even more radically heading in that direction. And what John thought would be a crucial question to look for. He said, at some point, we're going to have to ask, is this rising white secularism within the Democratic Party, is that going to 
begin to affect Democrats' ability to hold on to the votes of, and he listed these, blue-collar Americans, Latinos, and eventually even African Americans. Would we begin to see the Democratic Party continue to become more and more a party of rich, highly educated white people in urban areas versus kind of the rest of America? But I found it uncanny, his prediction, to focus on blue-collar Americans, Latino Americans, and African Americans, because, man, that's where the action is right now in American politics, along with the continuing trend of more and more blue-collar Catholics ending up in the Republican Party. It's like the parties have switched their identities. If you backed up 50 years, the Republicans were the political church of the rich white country club. And the Democrats were a melting pot, big umbrella party of blue-collar Americans, labor unions, Latinos, African Americans, etc. And the Democrats still are that to some degree. But the tensions are rising among those elements of the Democratic coalition. And you can see that in these numbers, and you can see that in recent political realities in America. I got a question about the religious left, because when I see the kind of statistics that you were describing generally earlier in our conversation about the mainline Protestant denominations in serious decline, mm-hmm. even kind of existential threat decline in some cases, does that mean the religious left is disappearing, or are they just not going to church anymore? Well, let's back up a second. I mean, Ryan recently took a lot of flack for two articles that he wrote and that we republished at Get Religion, in which he basically noted that the Episcopal Church will almost be gone by the year, I believe he said 2040 or 2045, that there will be hardly anyone left in the pews, And that's because of a number of things, but you can boil it down to, are you making any converts? Are you hanging on to your young people? Are you having any babies, and do you have lots of people getting married? And all of those statistics are declining in American life, at which point you then have to ask, okay, who are the religious groups in America who are getting married, who are having children, who are making converts, and to some degree or another, are hanging on to a larger percentage than normal of their young people. And those tend to be in George Gallup's religiously active, traditional forms of religion camp, that 18 to 23% we talked about earlier. The religious left, I think, is overwhelmingly covered in American news for the simple fact that, as a journalist friend of mine years ago said the the Episcopal Church had a decade of evangelism. This was about a 1980s or 85 to 95 or something like that. And he, he argued the only place that the Episcopal Church's decade of evangelism has been highly effective is in American newsrooms. He said in the fact that there does seem to be an unusual amount of Episcopalians in elite American newsrooms in the United States. And I, that's something I've seen throughout my life. And in fact, for a sizable number of years, I was one of those Episcopalians. 
I was kind of an evangelical Episcopalian until I converted to Orthodoxy. So that's, that's an interesting reality. But the other dominant voice I have found in newsrooms among religious points of view is former Catholics with a heavy emphasis on the word former. So that gives you another group of people that consider themselves religious to some degree or another. They support Catholic social teachings. They just don't think it applies to some of the issues that conservatives would think that it applies to. But the religious left isn't maybe very popular, and it may get coverage on the religion beat, but it still isn't on the radar for most ordinary coverage. Now, I did not rerun these numbers, but about a year ago, you and I talked about this subject, and I had just done a quick Google search, and the term religious right drew 6.5 million hits on Google. And in the Google News section, the active news stories, it hit 77,500 hits. On that same time, I then immediately drew parentheses around the phrase religious left and got just under 200,000 hits on Google compared to 6.5 million for the religious right. And there were only 3,680 news stories using the term religious left. So when it comes to news about politics, conservative forms of religion are way up, you know, in terms of the amount of coverage, whereas Berg and others have noted statistics that if you're looking for religious activism, donating to, to political causes, donating to candidates, running candidacies, going in marches, taking part in demonstrations, etc., the religious left, liberal churches, are way more politically active than conservative churches, which is... <laughs> Another one of those stats that just doesn't seem to work into our news coverage. I'll note one other thing for our listeners. One of the things they need to keep their eye on is, obviously, what happens to young believers. Who stays in the church? Who leaves? Is the Washington Post right in its interpretation of these numbers as saying that it's primarily Christian nationalism that's causing young people to give up faith, give up even belief in God. Well, Baylor University has a study out which led to a, a recent piece that ran by Brad Wilcox, another sociologist, and Riley Peterson, and it ran in the Deseret News. And they simply noted that in this new Baylor study, children who went to church the most during their childhood years active religiosity, practice of the faith, ended up with a sweeping array of positive outcomes in their life. And these were the young people who tended to remain most religiously active. So if they were in the pews and getting turned off, it isn't showing up that much in the statistics. That's another one of those signs where we need to say, okay, if atheism is growing, if agnosticism is growing, if do-it-yourself forms of faith, non-affiliated faith is on the rise, where are those Americans coming from? And I would argue that Berg, John C. Green, Brad Wilcox, and a bunch of other people are pointing to a much more complex picture 
than we're seeing in much of the coverage of religion and also of politics. Terry Mattingly is senior fellow at the Overby Center for Southern Journalism and Politics at the University of Mississippi. He's author of the weekly On Religion column for the Universal Syndicate and the book Pop Goes Religion, and he's founder and editor of Get Religion. Terry, thank you very much. Glad to be here. I'm Todd Wilkin. I'll talk with you next week. Thanks for listening to Crossroads with Terry Mattingly. Crossroads is a production of Get Religion, part of the First Amendment projects at the Overby Center at the University of Mississippi. If you appreciate this podcast, please make a secure online tax-deductible donation at getreligion.org.